Welcome back, everyone. I hope you guys are doing good. I hope you guys are all healthy, staying healthy. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not entirely comfortable with today's topic, but I do feel the need to talk about it, so we're fucking doing it, I guess. Um, what do I mean, I guess? We're doing it. Of course we are. In today's episode, I will tell you the story of my stalker and how she obsessively engaged me not only through phone calls, text messages, emails, handwritten letters, and gifts, but also went to my shows, work, and my home. Now, where did it all start? How did it start? What happened? And how did this all affect me? Well, if you stick around, you will find out in today's episode of Let's Make a Podcast. All right, let me take a look at my bullet points and notes because today, oh my God, people, <laughs> you guys should see my spreadsheet. It's full of notes. Um, so where do we start? I mean, before we get into this crazy story, I, I just wanted to let you know that my original schedule for the episodes of this podcast has been changed and due to, oh, can you guess? the pandemic um or at least it's making it difficult it's making it more hard for me to record the episodes with everyone um so that's the reason why um so we'll just you know we'll see what happens but for now we'll focus on a few solo episodes and i'll share some stories and other topics that comes to mind it actually took me a while before i started opening up about this whole situation and at first i was i was embarrassed and i felt ashamed about this this whole situation and i I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't tell any of my friends. I didn't tell my family um, until that one day when I was like, um, hold on. Why am I ashamed? What did I do wrong? I didn't do shit. I mean, I guess that's what it was. I should have done something, but it was too late before I realized that this all was happening to me. Okay, I guess that's not entirely true because I did see what was happening to me. I just didn't want to acknowledge it because it was so out of this world. But yeah, I remember it so clearly. I was all alone in my apartment. Um, and, you know, the feeling you get when you feel like someone's watching you? I had that feeling. So I was like, I don't know what made me go to the window, but I walked up to my window and I see her outside my fucking window. And I just, I just ducked, ducked down. I was on the floor. Dude, I was scared shitless. That was what changed it for me. I was like, okay, I need to tell someone. I need to call my family, my friends, someone. Someone needs to know this shit. What if I get abducted or, you know? I had nightmares about this entire situation where, where she would come up from underneath the bed and use a syringe and drug me and then drag me out of my apartment. And I think that was one of the reasons why felt embarrassed and why I'm still a little bit embarrassed and have a difficult time talking about it because I felt helpless and, and weak and less of a man. I didn't know what to do. I was in my early 20s um, and I was working day and night. I was, you know, getting ready to move to Los Angeles and, and it was just a very stressful situation. So, but yeah, let's not jumpstart this story. There's a lot to it and we're going to start from the beginning and then I'm going to walk you through the entire story and then end with what happened afterwards and how has this affected my life. So let's start from the beginning. All right, so where did it start? Um, this started back in 2016. Summer of 2016, I was connected with this producer who were just awarded a new international project um, for a new experimental stage performance. And my name came up and 
they gave me the job. Uh, <laughs> that was like my first casting gig, uh, coordinating job, I guess. Uh, but I was also part of the show. So yeah, I was doing everything. As always. Uh, during this time, I had a day job as a substitute teacher. Um, I was also directing five plays of children's theater and I was writing the next big uh, fundraiser show. Uh, it's a thing, or it was a thing back in my hometown. Um, and as well as rehearsing for another show, another gig that I was part of. And on top of this, the producer that I was just introduced to. Um, she was producing other shows around Sweden and needed assistance. So I was like, well, a new opportunity, which means more experience, more knowledge. Um, so yes, I said yes. And I started working with her even more. And hearing this now makes me fucking stressed out. I have no idea how I did all this bullshit at the same time. I was barely sleeping. Like, I remember, and this is also going to be a big thing for, for this story, because I was exhausted. So having to deal with this woman as well, just... It was an immense stress. Uh, but yeah, when I get going, there's no stopping. So this is where the story began. A few meetings and prep months later, I had just finished the stage performance that I was talking about before uh, called We All Start as Strangers. And I had just wrapped up the summer's children's theater. And I was ready to start rehearsing for my other gig that I booked, and then this is how I was introduced to uh, what later became the stalker. So from now on, she was part of all our meetings and rehearsals, and this is where it started to build. Um, I received about 20, 30 text messages a day. Could be anything from mindfulness quotes to short inspirational messages to, you know, how are you doing? What are you up to? Do you want to meet up? Um, sometimes she called me and sometimes she would email me. Anyways, six months into the rehearsals and meetings, I was getting annoyed. Like I was stressed out dealing with this, dealing with her, the, the fucking rehearsals, my other jobs, plural. I was stressed out, but I didn't say anything. Thinking back at it now makes me so frustrated. I just wish I would have called it off earlier. I wish I would have said something. I didn't really see what was going on, but I was like, what the fuck? Why is she texting me 20, 30 times a day? Why would she do that? Uh, but I didn't say anything, and I didn't really know what to tell her, to be honest. Uh, but my energy got drained. Every time I saw her fucking name, I was like, fuck. I just threw away the phone. And yeah, a detail worth mentioning is that this lady had kids, and she was much, much older than me, so... <laughs> 37. I was 22 at this time, and she was 37. Which, to some people, might be okay, but to me, it was just weird. Um, I did not... I, I did... I mean, I, I don't have words for this. To me, it was just so bizarre and out of this world. Um, she kept asking if I wanted to have dinner with her and, and talk. Or if, if not, if she could write me something. And I was like, well, why is she asking if she can write something? Of course she can. Just fucking email me. In my busy mind, I was just like, send me the fucking email. I'll deal with it later. <laughs> but she kept insisting on getting a, yes, you can write me. Um, And so she did. And now this is the 19 pages. So I need to correct this because I've been saying 28 pages. That's what I thought it was. And honestly, I haven't read the entire letter. I still haven't till this day. I have it right here next to me right now, but I haven't read the entire letter because he freaked me out. Uh, but yeah, it's 19 pages long, handwritten. Um, and after this, I also received a CD uh, with her lullabies. We'll get into this later. And also other letters. So 
Right, so let's talk about when I got the letter. I remember feeling super uncomfortable. When I got it in my mailbox, I was like, what the fuck is this? Is this, is this a script? <laughs> What what has she been writing me? But then I opened it and I was like, oh, it's it's a hand written letter. It's a white envelope, a huge white envelope, um, and it says to Felix Martinson. And then when you open it up, there's this a book. It's a book. It's a fucking essay. Um, and it starts with the first page, the 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 very. The front page says, From me to you, I hope you can read my handwriting. Dot, dot, dot. Smiley face. I was like, okay. I'm not going to get into this now because it's way too long. I have way too much to prep. I was prepping for a role and I was doing auditions and I was helping the producer. I I'm sure I'm forgetting something. I barely slept during this time. Oh yeah, we were preparing for, we were preparing for LA as well as so we were doing, you know, English tests. We were doing fucking paperwork. Ah, uh, 2016, not my year. So I received the letter, I opened it, and I saw what it was, and I was like, okay, f fuck no. So I texted her that I would look at this whenever I had time, which took me six weeks. And during these six weeks, she made me go mental. So at one point, I was just like, fuck it, I'll just open it, I'll just read it right now. And so I did. I could only read the first six pages because it made me so uncomfortable. I, I, I did not see that coming, and I was completely speechless and felt sick. You know, the fact that someone could fall in love to this extent made me question everything about love. And it also made me realize how powerful this emotion is. So fucking powerful, it puts you in an imaginary world, and it's almost like you're under a spell. That is how powerful this bullshit was to her and the world that she was living in. What we will talk about later is when it got crazy, like the whole stalking thing. You can't do that, bruh. You can't fucking follow someone around. You can't send them gifts, and especially when I'm not sending you the signals. Like, can't you read the signal? I, I guess she couldn't, because, you know, she was living in her imaginary world. I just recently went back to my mom's for Halloween uh, to go over some stuff in her basement, because she's going to move. So I had to, you know, ugh, get rid of shit. And I was specifically looking for this letter and the CD and the other letters, because I saved them in case, like in case I was gonna be abducted once. I brought it with me to Stockholm and um, <laughs> I still haven't finished reading it. But, but yeah, I'll read you some of it now and we can all let it sink in and then decide what we will do with it. Okay, so the very first, oh my God, are we gonna do this? I guess we are, this could be fun. Buckle up, people. Get your popcorn, because this story gets crazy. She wrote this in, in Swedish, so I'm translating as we go, so I might stop. Haha. <laughs> dot dot. Oh, Felix. To find the right words to word sentences to you, it's taking me hours. Dot dot dot. Smiley face. This will be like a long monologue. Dot dot dot. Haha. <laughs> but here we go. I'm letting my hand right now. <laughs> From all my notes that I've been collecting during these days, hopefully I can put together something coherent for you. Dot dot dot. Smiley face. To finally get to tell you and talk about this feels great. Although I'd wish to stand in front of you so that I could see your reaction. <laughs> I do not think you wanted to see my reaction. Um, and she continues by saying, So yeah, I'm not completely comfortable writing this. It's not the same thing as being close to you and meeting in person. But it is useful, and I'm thankful that you want to read this. 
this is what I was talking about before. She asked me to specifically tell her, yes, you can write me. I know that you already understand. No, I did not understand this. I did not understand what signals I was sending you. I am grateful that I've met you, Felix, that you are in my life, dot, dot, dot. I feel so safe and glad and happy and calm when I'm next to you, when I'm next to only you. I don't know how you are experiencing our meetings, what you feel and think about me. I really want to talk to you. I really want to know. It's very important to me. Mm -hmm. You are younger than me, but in another universe, we're the same age. Age is just a number. True, I guess. But my soul is as young as yours. I know I've told you a few times over text. Yes, you have. Yeah, okay, let's skip this page. Ugh. And then she's talking about, oh my god. Then she's talking about our age for another page. Um, about the universe and how it's all connected with dreams and the future and living in the moment. Mm -hmm. I always want to be next to you and be there for you. But I don't want to stop your dreams. I don't know if you want me close or what you're feeling. But my soul really wants that. Okay, we're on page six. I've been skipping a lot because I don't know what to do with this. I know you want to leave this town. And I wish that I can move with you. But I know deep down that it's not possible with my kids and the journey I'm on right now. But right now, I don't want to think about that. I love to laugh with you. I love your humor, your thoughts. I want to, I want to be next to you and watch movies and hold your beautiful hands. Maybe cook together. I want to be creative next to you. I wish to kiss you and hug you. That's what I want. I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't read it. I, I, I just can't. That's the letter. I, I don't know how I'm gonna edit this together because I had to take a few breaks during, during the read of this letter. So after this letter, things slow down because I finally stood ground and I told her we're not living on the same planet and we're not in the same world. You need to stop writing me and I don't feel the same way. So she stopped. Well, almost. She she just kept on sending a few texts every now and then. But yeah, so six months went by and she only sent me a few texts and quotes, you know, every other month. And it was finally time for the premiere of the show that I was working on. So another stage performance. Um, and I almost died when I saw her in the audience. I can't tell you how shocked I got. It was in the middle of this emotional scene and I had just received a letter from the doctor where it stated that I had cancer. And then I look out in the audience, you know, to receive some emotions out of that. And then I see fucking her. I mean, she loved it. She loved every fucking second of it. Um, afterwards, she came up and hugged me. I froze. I didn't know what to do. And she gave me flowers. Um, so that was the first time. Then the next day, she came back for the next show. Fucking front row. She was sitting there. And then after the show, she gave me another letter with two notebooks. I never read the letter, but I did take the, the, the notebooks. I used them. They're good quality. <laughs> Maybe that's weird. Um, the thing is, her intentions with these fucking uh, notebooks was... Let me just pull out the letter. Uh, these notebooks are to write questions to her or, or for her that I might have because of the letter that she sent me. Bruh, I had so many questions, but I didn't want to ask you them. But somewhere in between the first letter and, and this letter, I also received another letter along with a CD. I can't find that letter, though. Um, 
but that was sent to my apartment. But I did. I I still saved the CD. Um, it's in another envelope, a a white envelope, and it says Inner Harmony. I haven't played it. I just remember that the letters said that it contained her collection of lullabies that she produced. <sighs> yeah. After this, it all went downhill. She came to my workshop where I was building backdrops for the upcoming uh, children's theater. That and, and this was happening every summer. I did this. Uh, I was directing uh, children's theater. That was also my, my first acting gig when I was a teenager myself. But yeah, it's, it's something that is coming back every summer. And we, we do this for, for the kids. And, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a big thing um, in my hometown. Now this fucking lady comes to my workplace. She's just standing there in the door one day. And I was like, I froze again. I was like, what? How did you know? And where, where the, how did you get in here? She had some weird excuse. She was like, I need help with my phone. I'm like, okay, well, I can't help you. And then I closed the door. <laughs> well, I didn't, I wasn't that rude, but I was like, get, uh, okay, I, I don't know. Maybe you can ask someone else. There might be someone else in, at the office. Um, so she left. I closed the door. Uh, and yeah, after that, she started following me on the train. Um, I have pictures of her on the train ride, following me, sitting opposite of me. After the train ride, she sent me a text thanking me. To her, it was this out-of-this-world experience, and she felt so thankful that we shared the train ride. Bruh, we didn't share shit. I was going someplace, and you followed me. <laughs> we didn't share shit. I was trying to get away from you. After this, uh, there was an entire week of her walking outside my window where she was walking. I was, I don't know what the fuck was happening. Um, but this one day I was home alone and I was just thinking, like, I, I was feeling, you know, like someone's watching me. <laughs> it's so weird, you know, that, that's psychology right there. But I felt like someone was watching me. So I walked by the window and then I see her walking towards my window. I fucking died. She was walking outside my apartment, which is the total opposite direction of where she lives. And she did this for an entire week, and I have two videos of her on my phone, because, uh, well, she fucking scared me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys. I was 22 years old, I was living a busy life, and did not need this stress, too. Um, but yeah, this is where I decided to tell my parents and my friends. Something's fucking wrong, and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get out of this. Um, and it was getting closer to me and Lynn moving to Los Angeles, with all the paperwork and all that bullshit, it, it was just a stressful time. Uh, but yeah, the very last text I remember getting from her was one where she was saying that she wanted to come to the airport and say goodbye. I never replied. And I will be honest with you, this entire episode of my life has haunted me ever since. And, and especially now during quarantine and the pandemic, it's like all the things are just coming back at me slowly. I brought it with me to LA and the first few months were not the best. Um, I sometimes thought I saw her outside my window in, in, in our complex in Hollywood looking up at our place, you know, and it freaked me the fuck out. Uh, there was another point in my life where I was like, okay, I need to sit down. I need to deal with this bullshit. So I started writing about this experience and I started writing a script. I never finished it, but it was enough to make peace, you know, with all the stress that she put me through. Um, so that's sort of where I, I left it. And now it started to come back again because of this pandemic, because I've had a lot of time to think about what's been going on in my life and what I've been experiencing. And to be honest, I don't know what I, I, I don't I don't know what to do with this, except for sharing the story and, and telling you guys to 
look out. I had no fucking idea that I was sending her these signals. And I didn't really see the red flags until it was too late. I'm not sure if it was that or the fact that, uh, that I thought that this could never happen to me or this could never happen in real life. This only happens in the movies or, you know, on TV. Thank you, Ellen, Wilma, and Malin. <laughs> they were there. They were supporting me, my fellow acting friends in my hometown. Um, you guys know what this <laughs> is about. You've seen it happen. And holy shit, I don't know what I would have done without you guys uh, during that time. I think I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I told you this was a crazy story and... Uh, I don't know. Do we have fun? I still feel uncomfortable, but it's a crazy fucking story. And I guess it's very powerful love. And <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. But I want more people to get involved and, and share their stories because this is what it's about. It's about sharing during this difficult time. And since right now, it's really fucking bad in Sweden. We're getting worse. I think our cases our COVID cases went up with like 80%. So we gotta stay safe, people. Let's unite and yeah, know that you're not alone. We're in this together. Fuck yeah. All right. All right. I might not upload another episode next weekend because it's very busy right now. Um, I got some, some things going on and we'll talk about that later. But for now, just enjoy the very first two episodes. Uh, the first one with Josh, we had a great time, uh, got a great response. And then also this episode with the craziness about my soccer. Then the next episode will be with Lynn Anderson. So we're, we're going to talk about how her life was affected by the pandemic, but also some memories and what we were doing in Los Angeles and, and stuff like that. So yeah, tune in. I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you guys for listening to Let's Make a Podcast.